discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to share some few things with you from the Bible. Do you, do you, do you like nice things from the scriptures? All right. I want to share with you concerning the importance of the church. The importance of the church. A lot of people don't think that the church is important. You know, they see it as one of those things. But the church is the most important thing you can ever think about. Hallelujah. And, you know, last two weeks we had a, a sewing conference, isn't it? And you guys, this church sold higher than any of the churches that we have. We have, we have 18 churches. This church gave more than every other church gave. So clap for yourselves. Wow. So I want to share with you, because you are the ones who give more than every other person, I want to, this message will be preached, will be, you know, showed everywhere else. But I want to share it with you so that you know what you have done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And grow in what you, have, you are doing. Yeah. So that you grow in it. A lot of people don't think it's important. And they don't know what it means. There are some places where you can call for an offering, and I had a, I had a, a certain bishop talk about it. He, he, this bishop has so many churches in so many places in the world. He has over 3,000 churches all over the world. If you go to Brazil, he's a Ghanaian. If you go to Brazil, he has a huge church in Brazil. If you go to Malaysia, he has a huge church, huge, many people. And then he, one day he was, he was talking to one of the churches in the UK. He said that, you people, when, when I call for offering in order in Ghana I get times five of what you will give in the UK because you don't understand what the church is a lot of people don't understand it when we talk about giving some people you know cringe all of a sudden they they either get annoyed and think that oh we can use our money to do better things rather than giving it to the house even tights where people are fighting over tight even tight people are fighting over because they don't know what it is. They don't know what it means. They don't know what it can do for them. You know, in Matthew chapter 16, from verse 18, let's read Matthew chapter 16 from verse 18. People have built things that have died. There was a day someone was talking to me, recently, just recently, we went somewhere, an insurer, someone who was into insurance, came to see me. He heard that I was a pastor, I have a church, so he wanted to get access to the congregation and talk to them about insurance. And why they must do insurance and everything. As he was talking, you know, we had gone for this very nice program. It had nothing to do with insurance, but he just wanted to talk about insurance to me. Do you understand? 
Because the more people he gets, the more money he will get. And he was talking, he was talking. As he was talking, the Lord God whispered to me and said that this guy is a manager of a sandcastle. He's a manager of a sandcastle. Why? Because he's helping build something. Which may not have any eternal value. Haven't you heard of banks collapsing? You should know where your heart should be. Okay? You should know where your money, the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Am I saying working in the bank is not important? It's very, I worked in the bank for one year. It's powerful. It's nothing wrong. It's powerful. I taught in a secondary school for five years. It's nothing, but there's something higher. There's something more. The church is very important. People have built things over the years. Alexander the Great was a very powerful person. How many of you know Alexander the Great? At age 32, he had conquered the whole world. He sat at, by, the, by the river Indus in India and wept because there was no more land to conquer. He had conquered the whole world at that time. But do you even know about Alexander the Great? If it's not Alex that you hear, Alex, someone, you know that we're calling someone Alex. You don't even know that there's somebody like that. Hallelujah. The church is very important. It's very, very important. In this place, it's, okay, let's read from verse 16, so that it makes more sense. Okay? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus was asking who he was. He asked them, Who do you think the Son of Man is? They were mentioning Elijah. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are the prophet that will come and everything. Then he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Then Peter responded and said that, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Next verse. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, Jonah, or son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Flesh and blood, this particular knowledge that you had is not from man. It means that there's knowledge that is not from man. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, next verse. And I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. A lot of people think that Jesus was talking about building his church on Peter. But that is not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was talking about the revelation that Peter gave. Peter said, thou art the Christ. Okay, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonah. For it is not flesh and blood that has revealed this, thing, this unto you. Then he says, And I say unto you that thou art Peter. The word Peter means Petrus, a small rock. Then he says, And upon this rock, which rock? The word rock, this rock means foundation. Check the Greek, it means foundation. Upon this foundation will I build my church. It is the foundation of the revelation of Christ. The fact that Christ is the foundation upon which the building of God is built. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, from verse 9, you'll see it there. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3 from verse 9. Hallelujah. Can you read it to me? One to go. Hallelujah. He says, you are God's husbandry, you are God's building. Next verse. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builder thereon. But let every man take heed how he builded thereon, thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So the foundation of the church, the foundation of God's building is Christ. It's not Peter. It's Christ. Hallelujah. Christ is the foundation of God's building. God is interested and is involved in the construction of a certain building. And the foundation of that building is Jesus himself. If you read in Isaiah, go to Isaiah chapter 28. From verse 16. 
Isaiah 28 from verse 16. Therefore, that says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. He's talking about Christ. That Christ is a sure foundation. He's a foundation upon which God's building is built. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you read Ephesians chapter, chapter 2 as well, you, 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 you get to know that the apostles were also foundations upon which the church of God is built. The church of God is not just this building that we are seeing. The church of God goes beyond this building. It goes beyond the buildings that we have in a doom, the church buildings we have in a doom and in Accra and in other places of the world. The church goes way beyond that. The church is actually made up of people. Christ is the first person who is the foundation of that church. The apostles are the other foundations upon which that church is built. So in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, if you read from verse 9, go to verse 19. Now therefore, you no more, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. So God has a household. Next verse. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone or the main foundation. And the apostles and the prophets were other foundations as well. If you read in Revelation chapter 21, the Bible talks about the, found, the foundations of the temple of the living God. The new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem has foundations. It has 12 foundations. And those 12 foundations had the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb written therein. They didn't know that they were going to be made part of the foundations of God. But as they ministered to the Lord and ministered for the Lord, they, they became foundations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Go, go to that place. Revelation chapter 21. Let's read from verse 13. And on the east three gates, and on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Have you seen it? It says that the city, the new Jerusalem, this is a description of the new Jerusalem. And it's describing how it looked like. He says that the, the foundations that were there in the new Jerusalem had every foundation bore the name of the 12 apostles. So even though they were doing physical things on it, they didn't know that they had eternal ramifications or eternal uh, uh, benefits. They are eternal benefits for whatever you do in the house of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the church is something that goes beyond this world. It's something that you can do a lot of things, but it may not have any eternal value. But when you do things in the house of God and do things for the church, you will have eternal value. You will have eternal value. There will be an eternal meaning for your life. You are better out. You see, some people are used as instruments. If you read Genesis chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4 is a record of uh, Cain, Cain and his children. The Bible mentions how that Cain and his children were the ones who brought civilization for the first time in this world. They were the ones who had who brought they, they allowed they brought into 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 this world metals metallurgy they started metallurgy and started agriculture on a mass scale the civilization began with them it began with them very powerful people they did great things on the earth but the bible doesn't mention or record their ages whether they lived before God, because everything that was done was done outside the presence of God. If you read before uh, in Genesis chapter 4, the Bible mentions that, and Cain went out of the presence of God. And he did all those things that he did outside of the presence of God. Therefore, it didn't make any difference to God. They were used as instruments. Do you say thank you to your spoon when you finish using it? 
How many of you say thank you? When you this morning when you drank your tea with your teacup, after drinking your tea, you said thank you, looked at the teacup and did had an emotional attachment to the teacup and you said that Charlie, I love you so much. I don't know what I'll do without you. God bless you so much. Thank you for ministering to me this morning. Thank you for allowing me to drink my coffee. Did you do that? You don't you don't even do even when it breaks, you don't think about it twice. It can easily can be easily replaced. Some people don't even wash it. The guys may not wash their plate for five days. Hallelujah. Yeah, you don't say thank you to it, but it served you, isn't it? It did something good. The fact that it did something good in this world does not mean that it will mean anything in eternity. It doesn't mean anything. Hallelujah. People have helped the world. They've done things. They've done researches and done things that have advanced the world. It is a good thing. Because of them, we can live longer. Some years ago, people were dying because there was nothing like penicillin. People were just dying in mass. But someone spent his life researching to make sure that something came to keep human life. It's a very good thing. But if the person is outside of the church, God does not owe him a thank you. Hey! Is it not a very serious thing? You see, if you read in Revelation chapter 20, go to Revelation chapter 20. Let's read from verse 12. Okay, you see what I'm talking about even some more. Revelation 20 verse 12. And I saw the dead. This is the great judgment of all time. This is a final judgment. It's called the judgment of the white throne or the white throne judgment. There are three kinds of judgment. There's a judgment of sin which has occurred in Christ Jesus already. If you miss it, you are going to be in trouble. Then there's the bimacy judgment which is for Christians. Children of God. And that, the, the reason why God does that judgment is to give rewards. Then the third judgment is a white room judgment. Christians are not there. Okay? Christians are not at the white room judgment. Christians are at the Bema seat. The Bema seat is for giving you your rewards for what you did. Jesus said that everybody rewarded. Even if you give a cup of water to a, to a child of God, you'll be rewarded for everything. He says every single giving that you did, you'll be rewarded for it. Your father who sees in secret to reward you openly. He will give you rewards. So that day is a day of rewards. We'll just be giving rewards. Yet some Christians will not get rewards because they didn't do anything in the house of God. They were just looking at the church and just moving on. and just, They didn't mind the church in any way. The pure mess. But there, there are, there's another judgment. It's called the white throne judgment. Says, go, go, go to verse, verse 11 so that you see the, the throne I'm talking about. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. God was sitting on the white throne, and the Bible says that the heavens and the earth, these are things that will happen live. Some like people read some of these things, like, oh, it's like story. It's like movie. It's like Black Panther. It's just a movie. But it's not a movie. It's more than that. And I saw that there's small language stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open. Which is the book of life? And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Why are they judging them according to their works? Because people will come on that day with their works they did on earth. They said they did philanthropy and built buildings. All these things are good things. But if it doesn't match up to what Christ did, you will not be, you will not be qualified. And what, no matter what you do in this world, it cannot match up to what Christ did. You will never give your life for anybody. Your blood doesn't even mean anything to anybody. Don't you love yourself? Greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. He gave his life so that others will be saved. So you miss the white throne judgment by just receiving Christ into your life. Then you miss the white throne judgment. But this report, the Bible says books were opened and they were judged out of those things which were written in the books. 
because everybody's works are recorded. But if your works does not match up to Christ, they can put all of the things that they did. I gave $40 billion. I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. They'll put all together. But to be got 0.0000000000001 of what Christ did. And you realize that you are not qualified for, for, for living in a comfortable way in eternity. Hallelujah. Yeah, he says they are, they are, the books are open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. Next verse. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. You see, so they are judging them according to their works because they, they will bring their works. Next verse. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life. So after all that we do, the, the works that they did, they'll check the books and everything. But if your name is not written in the book of life, he says the word, cast into the lake of fire. How does a man qualify for his name to exist in the book of life? Believing in Christ. That's all. So people do things. People do things. Which is very important. It's good. But they're like instruments. They're like equipment. They are advancing the cause of humanity. If they are not born again, it will not make any difference in eternity. When you become born again, whatever you do after that makes a difference in eternity. If you are born again and you are doing research or doing whatever to advance the cause of humanity, then whatever you are doing, if you are a doctor, whatever you are doing as a doctor will be will qualify. It will become something in the presence of God. But if, it's, if you, are, you, are not, you are not born again, forget it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. So the church is, say the church is important. Say it again, the church is important. Say it one last time. The church is very important. It's the building of God. Okay? It's the building of God. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. The apostles are other foundations that are on top of that cornerstone. And if you're a child of God, you are, you are also a stone. That is being shaped by God to be fitted into the building of God. Every child of God is a stone. Go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, 19 and 20. You see it. 19, 20, 21. You see it there. Go from verse 19. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Verse 21. In whom all the building framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. In whom ye also are builded together. Have you seen it? It says, in whom also ye are builded together. And habitation of God through the spirit. God is putting all of us as children of God together. Not just this church. Every other church. The church is bigger than you think. The church is not some, it's not buildings. It's human beings. Human beings are the ones who make the church. Children of God who are born again, who have given their lives to Christ, are the ones who make up the church. He says, we are builded together. We are builded together and habitation of God through the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God who is doing the construction. As you are hearing the Word of God, the Spirit of God is taking the Word of God and is building you up. Every single day he builds you up, builds you up, builds you up, and puts you together for you to become what he wants you to be. If you read in First Peter chapter 2, verse 1, go to First Peter 2, 1. Let's read 5 so that we don't waste time. Go to verse 5. He says, ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house. He says, you are a living stone. Say, I'm a living stone. 
yeah you are a living stone he also as living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god by jesus christ we are stones that god is constructing shaping and chipping to be able to fit into a certain portion of his building he is a foundation the apostles are the other foundations we are also if if, if you're in revelation chapter 3 verse 12 he that overcometh will i make a pillar in the temple of my god have you seen it he says the one who overcometh the christian who does what he's supposed to do will become a pillar in the temple of god the apostles are the foundations yet they are pillars they are places for us to become pillars in the temple of God. It says, Him that overcome will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write my, upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from God, from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. So you will be a pillar in the temple of God as a child of God. If you do what you're supposed to, if you fulfill your calling, you become a, temple, a pillar in his temple with his name written upon you. Is that not a, a powerful thing? Hallelujah. Yeah. Hmm. So we are being built up. We are being constructed through the word. It is, it is being done through the spirit. Jesus Christ Himself is a chief cornerstone. He's the rock. It says, This revelation was not given to you by a man, it was given to you by God Himself, by my Father. And I say unto you, You are Peter, you are one of the rocks. And upon this foundation, upon the foundation of the revelation that you have given, I will build my church. Then he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church shall be in the ascendancy. Go to that place, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I say also unto you, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It means that between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God, the one that is on the ascendancy and the one that is on the attack is the church is the house of god not the other way around usually there are some places where you go and they're always praying and destroying and killing the devil have you ever seen any place like that there are some places you go and charlie there are some they will take machine gun listen between us and the kingdom of darkness we are on the ascendancy the devil is not chasing you you are chasing the devil I'm not the one saying, Jesus said it. He says, I will build my church. Hmm? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It shall not prevail. Like, it shall not. It can't. It's not possible. If you don't know your rights, that's, you behave like that if you don't know your rights. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know where you have been placed, then you behave like that. We are found in Christ, in God. We are the church members of his body. And the Bible says that Christ has been raised up from the dead and has been made to sit on the right hand of God, far above all principality and powers, and dominion and thrones and rules. That's in Ephesians 1. Let's read from verse 19, so that it makes more sense. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, what who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand. He says, when he raised Christ, he raised him up by his power, and he set him on his own right hand, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, so the demons have nothing on you. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come next verse and has put all things under his feet he has put all things under the feet of christ under the feet of and given him to be the head over all things to the church if you read in first corinthians chapter 12 am i quoting too many scriptures first corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 go to first corinthians 12 13 
We are part of the church. We are members of the, the church. Is not, like I said, it's not a building. It's, it's more than that. It's an organism. It's an organism. It's a living organism. For by one spirit, by one spirit, the Holy Spirit, are we all baptized or immersed into one body? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit, we have all been made part of the body of Christ. The Bible says that for as the body is one and has many members, so also is Christ. That's in verse 12. Go to verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Then he says, for by one spirit are we all baptized, immersed into one body. The day you became born again, you are made a part of the body of Christ. You are made a member of the body of Christ. If Christ is seated in heavenly places, far above our principalities and powers, can he be seated, seated there with only his head? No. Can your head be here and your body be in the house? No. Where your head is, there your body is also, isn't it? Yeah. Are you here with only your leg? No. You are here with your head and every part of your body, isn't it? Yeah. So where Christ is, the Bible says that he's seated in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and rule and dominion. Meaning that we are sitting with him yeah. over there. So I know my location. As a child of God, I know my location. I know that my location is not earthly. Even though I'm sitting here on earth, my actual location, spiritually speaking, is in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power. So the devil is not my main aim in life. The devil is not my main... I don't consider him in my dealings. No, when I make plans, I don't include him in my plans. That what if the witches in my family do that? Which is where? Ask your neighbor, which is where? Sometimes people go for funerals and they are careful who they greet. As they are greeting and they, they, they just move so that they don't... Because that's, they claim that that's the witch in the family. Brother, even... He obeyed you a new yam. We will shake you and hug you and give you a kiss. What can you do? Listen, if you don't know... If you don't know, you will have problems. The Bible says that it is knowledge that causes people to behave the way they behave. It says up until date, some people don't have the knowledge of God. If you don't have the knowledge of God, you make, you make mistakes. But if you have the knowledge of God, no mistakes. You just keep going. Higher and higher. Say I'm a member of the body of Christ. Yeah. Go to that place. Back to that place. First Corinthians chapter 12. Let's read verse 27 now. First Corinthians 12, 27. He says, now ye are the body of Christ. Do you see that? Yeah. Now ye are the body of Christ. Body. Then he says, and you are members in particular. You are members in particular. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 30, says a similar thing. Go to Ephesians 5 30. Same, the similar thing. You, you'll be surprised. For we are members of his body. Of whose body? Of Christ's body. Then he says, and of his flesh and of his bones. We are members. We are one with Christ. There's no difference between us and Christ. You have to know that. If you don't know that, you will suffer in life. You will suffer for a very long time. Your thought processes will not be correct. If I'm a member of the body of Christ, how can I be defeated in my life? Who can, who can defeat me? How can I face Christ a failure? So how can you be the leg of Christ and be failing? It doesn't make sense. That sets a precedence for you in your life. I'm a member of the body of Christ. I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm embedded in the church. I do not fail. Failure cannot be my portion. Yeah, Christ does not fail. Christ never failed. That's why we believe in him. He laid down his life and took back his life up. Has your father done that before? Yeah. He has never done that before. Hallelujah. I'm a member of the body of Christ. I think about it continuously. I'm a member of the body of Christ. 
I do not fail. I, do not, I can only succeed. I can only go higher and higher. I'm a child of God. You see, that is how you do the word of God. You do the word of God by saying, why am I saying these things to you? As, you say the, as I speak these things to you, you also know what to say. You understand? And know what, how to change your mind. How to cause your mind to think the way it's supposed to think. It is your mindset that defeats you in life. A poor man is a poor man because of his mind, not because of his environment. It's because of his mind. Yeah. Sickness is of the mind. Can you imagine? Even death is of the mind. Sometimes you go to the hospital and they'll say that, oh, the guy gave up. He gave up. He, he didn't think he could live. That was why he died. Yeah. If you have... The woman, a woman had an accident somewhere. A, a very gruesome one. You know, a lot of people died and everything. But she didn't die. But she went into coma. And while she was in coma, the, 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 the doctor said that she, she may not come back out of coma. But while she was in coma, she met God. And when she met God, that's what God told her that, listen, you've confessed life too much that you cannot die. So she came back to life. And her recovery was very fast, and she became fine. And she was giving a testimony after, after experience. That she had confessed life that I, I, I cannot die. I, live, I, I will live and not die. I'll give glory to God in my life. So when she had the accident and went through the coma, she, they told her, you can't die, come back. You've confessed too much life to die. Your confessions rule you. Your thoughts rule you. What you think rules you. If you think you are a member of your family only. <laughs> Our families are powerful. But you, you know where, where the family you are coming from. Yeah. Don't you know the family you are coming from? Who doesn't know his family? Ask your neighbor, don't you know the family you are coming from? It's powerful. Every family has its own problems. But now we are members of the body of Christ. We've been taken out of our families and been brought into the body of Christ. Yeah, John chapter 1 verse 11 and 12 says, says, He came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him to them, he gave the power, the right, to become the sons of God. Then he says, Children who are not born of blood, nor of a man's will, nor of the will of the flesh, but children who are born of God. Now I hail from God. I'm born of God. I originate from God. That is how I think. And that is how you must also think. I'm a child of God. Listen, if I look at my family, I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I shouldn't be where I am. Oh, yes. Yes. There are people who think from their, their home. They, when you're even going from, from your house to the school, they tell you that soon, soon, yeah. soon, 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 you know your house. Soon, soon, be very careful. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm a member of the body of Christ. Yeah, that means that we are members of the church. If you go to Ephesians chapter 1, where we're reading, go back to that place. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read verse 20 now. It says, and as raise him up. Which he was in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and set him at his own right and far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And he says, And he has put all things, he has put all things, God Christ conquered the whole world and put all things under his feet. So even if you are the little toenail of the body of Christ, you are still above all the principalities and powers, far above. Says he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Next verse. Then he says, The church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all, let him know. The church is his body. Yes, the church is his body. 
So the church is not a building. The church is the body of Christ. And you are the church. You are the church. Say, I'm the church. I'm the church. So whenever they talk about church, don't think about a certain building somewhere. No. The ch- you are the church. You are the church. You are the church. Look at the Amplified. And then we'll look at the message. Okay? Let's read from verse 21. Far above all rule and all authority and power and dominion. We are above all rule, all power and dominion. And every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred. So your being Christ, your being the body of Christ is higher than anything that you can achieve in this world. Not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet. And has appointed him to be the universal and supreme head of the church. A headship exercised through the church. He exercises his authority and his headship through the church. Which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all and in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete. And who fills everything everywhere with himself. Hallelujah. You should be happy that you are in the body of Christ. Yeah. You should be glad about it. You should be excited about it. I'm a child of God. I live in the body of Christ. I dwell in the body of Christ. I do not fail. I can only go higher. And higher and higher. Because I'm a child of God. Yeah. So, you are the church. You are the church. Let's read the message now. Verse 23 only is okay. He says, the church you see, because people don't see it. They, they don't think it. So he says, the church you see, is not peripheral to the world. The church is not peripheral. A lot of people treat the church as a peripheral thing to their lives. No, how can you ignore? If you ignore the church, you ignore yourself. Because you are the church. You hear it? You hear it? If you ignore the church, you are ignoring yourself. I just told you you are the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. By which he fills everything with his presence. The world is rather peripheral to the church. The world is rather peripheral to the church. In the Old Testament, when Israel came out of Egypt, they come, when the, 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 the tabernacle of God was completed, they camped around it. Three of the, the camps were on, on this side. Three of the camps were on this side. Three of the tribes were on this side. The other three were this side. The other three were this side. And the tabernacle of God was in the middle. And they lived their life towards the tabernacle. And they kept their back towards the world. Their back portion was not even protected. Because as long, they didn't care about what their back was going, what was going to come to attack them. Because as long as they were concentrating on God and concentrating on his house, which was the tabernacle, their back was covered. The Bible says that there was a pillar of fire that covered them. The pillar of fire did not leave them. After Egypt came unto them, it always stayed with them. It gave them light in the night and gave them heat in the night. And during the day, it became a cloud that covered them. And the Bible mentions how that none of them had their feet becoming uh, 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 whatever, getting hurt, even though they were walking in the desert. Their shoes were growing with them in the desert. Their shirts were growing with them in the desert. Everything was happening in their lives because they were concentrating on the house of God. They were concentrating on the church. They were living their lives. They weren't making the church peripheral to their lives. 
they were making their lives and the world peripheral to the church. And that's how God wants us to live our lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, so what is the way to development and increase? What is the way? If you want to go very high in life, if you want to become the best at what you do, what do you have to do? You must make sure the church is something you don't joke with. Your business is tied to you, isn't it? Your job is tied to you, isn't it? Your children are tied to you, isn't it? Everything in your life is tied to you. Now, if you are the church and you are concentrating on the church and living your life in the church, it means that everything that is tied to you would receive development. You see, if we, if we increase as a church, you hear that we've established another church somewhere and we are going forward. We are building. You gave towards a building, isn't it? We are building in a car. You gave towards it. As we build that church, that church building, and human beings go and sit in there, which is they are actually the real church, go and sit in it, and more people are added to the church. What do you think will happen to your business? So as the church rises, your business rises with it. As the church rises, your growth, everything about you goes higher and higher, whilst the church is going higher and higher. So when you give to the church, you have actually given to yourself. You have given for your own development. When you do something in the house of God, you have given, you have done it for your own development. Because you are the church, you are the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ increases, you increase with it. Let this be your thought process. Let it be, this be your thinking. Okay? Never detach yourself out of the, the, the house of God. You have, it's a big mistake. Never let your job make you not come to church. You are making the biggest mistake in your life. Why would you do something like that? Have you seen a coal of fire which was burning in a coal pot, taken out of the coal pot, you know, being alive after, after a while? After a while, it will die. It will just die. But if it's in the coal pot and the other fire, the, the other coals are around it, it gets more heat and it's able to do what it's supposed to do. Never take your chop out of the house of God. Let your life revolve around the house of God. It is for your own good. It is for your own development. Because as the church goes higher, I'm going higher with it. As the church goes higher, I'm going higher with it. See, I'm going higher. And higher. As the church goes higher. Yeah. Because your whole life, your whole life, Israel was smart, they knew. So they encamped around the tabernacle, looking towards the tabernacle. Every single time. And as the church got higher, they got higher. They didn't care about what was going to happen. They were protected. They didn't have to care about their protection. They didn't have to. Sometimes you are giving. It's like, oh, I'm giving my, all my savings. I know some of you gave all of your savings. Do you think you have done something wrong? You haven't done, some, you haven't done anything wrong. You haven't. You haven't. You are, you are the smartest. Do you, do you know something? A lot of people don't believe the Bible. Do you know a lot of Christians don't believe the Bible? How many of you, how many of you know, know that? They don't believe in the Bible. They are Christians, but they don't believe the Bible. They don't believe what the Word of God says. They believe in what human beings say. They believe in what human beings say. When a banker, an investor comes to say, recently an investor, some investors came to stand in front of us and said that, hey, Charlie, if you invest here, it will become whatever. It will become whatever. They took some of our monies. If we are going to see the returns on the investment today, we are still waiting. <laughs> we believe in the words of people. I'll double it for you. Yeah. I'll double it for you. We believe in the words of people. 
But we don't believe in the word of God. So when God says, if you do this, this is what will happen. We don't really. We don't really believe it. So as either some people do it with a lot of uh, sadness. They are giving, but they are sad. They are giving, but they are annoyed. They are even insulting the pastor in their minds. As a pastor, they are insulting them in their... <laughs> Go to First John chapter 5. Let me show you. First John chapter 5. Let's read from verse, verse 9. Hmm. That's how I've lived my life. With the church as a center. As I've lived my life for the church to go up, I have gone up. I've gone higher. Haven't you gone higher? He says, if you receive the witness of men, don't you receive the witness of men? You don't understand. Which, which version should we read? The testimony of men. Let's read the message and see. Uh huh. He says, if we take human testimony at face value, this one doesn't even say it well. He's right with the human, uh, human testimony and all that, but face value. You see, when you were told your mother was your mother, isn't it? How many of you were told your mother was your mother? Who told you your mother is your mother? Your mother. You were told. Isn't it? Have you ever seen some people grow up and after some time they tell them that your mother is actually not your mother? And they cry uh, for a long time. They say that their life is out of shape and everything. Is it true? Yes. Yeah. Oh, your father is not your father. Oh, there's a very popular story. One of, one of our ladies was going to go to America and they needed to do a paternity test. Now, when they did the paternity test, they realized that the father was not a father. And the father also realized that the daughter was not a daughter. <laughs> but they look alike. They looked alike. It was not a mistake. They did it in four different hospitals. Same result. Only the wife knew that it was not the. It was not the, it was not the father. Only the woman knew. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you, 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 we have been told things. Who to, how do you know you are Ghanaian? Is Ghana written on your face? Is Ghana in your blood? Every single thing we believe today, we were told by somebody. You become an engineer through things that you are told in school. Through what you are told, you become an engineer. Isn't it? You become a doctor through what you are told. You become a lawyer through what you are told. You become whatever through what you are told. You are thoughts and you become it. He says, if we believe the witness, the testimony of men, we have. As for that one, we have. People say things. They may not even be telling us the truth. Some of them say, I love you. But the person, the person said, he doesn't love you. He doesn't really love you. Yeah. There are eight other people that are behind. They are telling you that they are, all your mind is on their love. Yeah. You see, you are, you are quiet. You don't want to say anything. Yeah. He says, if we accept as we do the testimony of men, if we are willing to take human authority... He says the testimony of God is greater. What God says is greater. Who is better, human beings or God? So if you believe the word of human beings, then believe the word of God. It's English. Let me read it to you. People tell us about things that they know. And we believe them. 
We believe them. Strong. God is more important than men. Oh? God is more important than men. So what God says is better and, and, and greater of more value than what a human being will say. No, you think you are wise because you don't. It's like, oh, these things are from the oh, Bible was made by whatever. Brother, think twice. <coughs> be smart. In your bid to become wise, you are being foolish. Yeah. Because you believe, believe in all kinds of things. You buy a car, they tell you that when the car has an accident, everything, nothing will happen to you. Airbags, BBR. You have an accident and your neck is broken. Yeah, you, something. You believe that, so you bought it, everything. What? We believe in the authority of men. The testimony of God is greater, of stronger authority. For this is the testimony of God, even the witness which he has borne regarding his son. If you go on, you see what he's talking about. But I want you to know that God is bigger, God is greater. What God says is better. Okay? Now, let me show you 2 Corinthians chapter 9. See, I'm part of the church. Say it once again. Therefore, I cannot fail. I can only go higher. Let's read from verse 6. This is God talking. To God's word is God talking. And this is what God is saying. This I say. He which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. The one which who sows sparingly. Let's read the Amplified so I understand it more. You don't understand sparingly, isn't it? Remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly. Have you seen it? The one who sows sparingly and gradually. Message. Maybe message you said well. Remember, a stingy planter is a stingy crop. Guess a stingy crop. Very simple. I mean, it's a message. You understand it. It's not difficult to understand. Very, 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 very simple. It's because you are, you are planting, you are sowing into the house of God. You are doing something for the house of God. Yet you are doing it's like, all this every time you are taking money from us. You are, you are better off. You are, we are not telling you to come and, If you are coming to see me, I don't tell you to bring 500 Ghana before you can come and see me. No, everybody's doing it. I'm not doing that. I'm not selling cocoa for 500 Ghana cities. Yeah. I'm not selling blue oil for 300 Ghana cities. I'm telling you, give and let's build the house of God, isn't it? Is that too complicated to understand? Yeah. It's not a cocoa ministry. We are here. We are preaching everything. It's fine. We are going forward. It says, if you are if you are giving in a stingy way, you also reap in a stingy way. You to when others are supposed to do something for you. You see, because you are the church. You are the church. As you beautify the house of God, you're actually beautifying your life. Yeah. Is it English? Remember this: a farmer who plants only a few seeds will not get much as a result. Is it true? Yeah. yeah. Stingy planter is equal to stingy crop. Simple. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. Because as the house of God rises, you will rise with it. You will get bigger with it. Because you are the house of God. Yeah. You have to be very smart. So when you see the church going forward, know that it's time for you to go forward. Yeah. Know that it's time. Just start putting your faith to work. It's time for me to go forward. 
I'm going higher. I'm getting bigger. My business is going to get bigger. Everything about me is going to get bigger. Yeah. Because the house of God is going higher. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. Go back. Go back to King James. But this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Next verse. Every man according as he purpose in his heart. It's not by force. We don't compel it out of people. It's out as, as you have made up your heart. So let him give. Not grudgingly of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Let's read the Amplified of this. Okay? Amplified. Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully. Or under compulsion. There's no need for us to call you out. Who's going to give thousand? Thousand, thousand, thousand. I see you. I see you giving a thousand. Then when you come out, the prayers for you are different from the other people. If you gave the thousand and you didn't give it out of faith, forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Hallelujah. Charlie, it is your only means of rising on. No, listen, there was a day Jesus was taking offering in the church. He was standing behind the offering basket. Checking who is giving what. The rich people gave and gave lavishly, give big money. He didn't say anything. And a widow, the Bible calls her a poor widow. She was not just a widow. You see, if you're a widow, you don't have a husband. It means that you are becoming poor once more. Because the, the breadwinner is not there. But she was a poor widow. Double poor. She was so poor, she didn't deserve the OR. It was poor. She was P-O. Just P-O. And the Bible says that she brought her two mites, which was all her living. Two pesos. One, two pesos. She brought two pesos like this and came to drop it in the offering basket. When Jesus saw, he said, hey, disciples, come, 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 come. When they came, she said that this woman has given more than every other person. Why? You see, if it were in the news, eh, if it was our day, they would say that fake prophet takes only two mites from widow. Poor widow. Because it's like, oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? That's what they would say. Because Jesus, I think Jesus should have just said, widow, keep your two mites. Collect the offering and go. I'm making your life prosperous from today onwards. That, oh, that's what he should have done. But he didn't do that. He didn't say, widow, come for him. He said, keep it in, go. And he said that she has given more than every other person. Because the only way for the widow to become not poor is through her giving. Yeah. It's through her giving. Listen, as you have given it, I just came to come and bless you. That's why I came. I came to come and bless you. Yes. For what you have done. I came to tell you that because you have added, you have made the house of God go forward. Because you have given for the house of God to go forward. Your life, it can... You are going higher and higher. Oh yes, I mean, I mean, you are you are just going higher and higher. Watch out! This year you will do bigger things than you have ever done. Because next, God has to. Let me show you. Go. Let, let me show you. Go to the next verse. Or oh, under compulsion, for God loves. God loves. There are three kinds of God's love. Three levels of God's love. The first one is God's love for all of humanity. John 3.16 For God so loved the world. That is why he gave his only begotten son. The son came as a result of God's love. He loves everybody. That is why he gave his son. If you don't receive his son, you will perish. His love does not exist for you any longer because you, not, you rejected his love in his son. 
That is why people are going to People are not going to hell because of boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. They are going to hell because they rejected Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the first level of God's love. The second level of God's love is for his children. His children, his sons and his daughters. First John 3, 1. Behold, what man of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But when it shall appear, we shall be like him. That's what the Bible says in First John chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 3. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the second level of God's love for his children. There's a third level of God's love. It is for those who love him. Because there are children who don't love him. He has children who don't love him. They don't consider him. They don't like him. That is why when we mention church, then they are angry. When you go to church, like it's like you are going to, why are you going to church so much? You went on Wednesday, you are going on Friday, you are going on Saturday too, you are going on Sunday. Why? But you are not tired of going to work. Are you tired of going to work? You see, your mind is worrying you. Because you think your money and your prosperity comes from your work. You don't know where your real prosperity Listen, your brother, listen. It's amazing. I don't even know what to say anymore. The day your leg hangs in a, in a the day your leg will be hanging in a, in, in, in a hospital bed, you will see who you will have to follow to become fine. Yes, you will see what you have to do to become fine. Whether work will sort you out. Listen, people, people can dog people. They can just leave you like that. When sickness comes, that is when you know who really loves you. Yeah. You'll be surprised. It's not even about church people. It's about God. It's not about church because church people too may not mind you. But God, you see that you, you have, it's like God is very important in my life. God is very important in my life. You see yourself praying. All the prayers, you didn't pray your life. You'll be praying on, the, on, on that bed. You didn't like speaking in tongues. Now you'll be speaking on your, it's not a small thing. You'll listen to five minutes of Basoti. Shut You are not tired of going to work. You are not tired of going to school. You are not tired of whatever. But you become tired of going to church. And you start criticizing it. What are they doing in the church? Every time they are always in the church. Brother, your development is in the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You need the wisdom of God so that when you go out there, when you go out there, you'll be able to succeed as God will have you succeed. So don't grow tired of the church. Those who love him. Hmm? First Corinthians chapter what? Chapter 2, verse 9. Yeah, this one is there. Romans 8 28 is true. It's true. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, not to the good to them who are God, who whom God love. Those who love God. Those who love God. If you love God, he says all things will work together for your good. Hallelujah. And you are actually called according to his purpose. Then in first Corinthians 2 9, he says, But as is written, I have not seen. Neither has ear head, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him, not for those whom he loves. For, for them, it's not for everybody, it's for those who love him. Hallelujah. How do you express your love? If you say you love somebody, won't you give to the person? Yes. Who buy credits? Actions they say speaks more louder than words. You say you love the girl, you are not buying any credit for the girl. You say you love the girl, you are not taking her out. Can this be love? It cannot be love. It cannot be love. So how can you say you love God and not be spending on God? How can you say you love God and not attend to the things concerning God? No time. You don't have time for God. Actually, whatever time you spend in the house of God is for your own good. It's not wasted at all. It's not wasted at all. I'm going higher. 
Yeah. So in that place in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where we are reading, okay, he says that for God loves, the special love, God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without. A cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it, giver whose heart is in his giving. That's what you are. Yeah. Prompt to do it. You are prompt to do it, givers. When do we preach and tell you bring bring offering? You didn't say what kind of whatever you, you brought it. So you have qualified that God told me to come and tell you that you are qualified for this. So the rest the rest I'm come to read are the blessings that God has for you. And what to expect during the course of the year. Listen, your, the Bible says the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. Your expectations must be very high because you have given. Do you understand? Yes, expectations must be very, very high. The house of God is going to increase. We are buying the land. We are paying for it. It's a huge amount. It's whatever, but we are paying for it. We are going to start building in July and finish it by the end of the year. We are going to do that. Now, as, as that is being done, know that your life is going higher. When you see the blocks going, know that Charlie, they are, your life is just going higher because your, your life is being built up. Do you understand? Yeah. What's your next verse? He says, and because of this, the one who is a cheerful whatever giver and all that, whom God cannot do without. He says, God is able to make all grace. Say all grace. All grace. Grace is the ability of God. Grace is the, 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 the uh, grace is not just favor. Favor is part of grace, but grace is the influence of God's spirit that causes a man to have the ability of God working in him. Okay, it is grace is the power of God. Actually, the Bible says, "By grace are you saved." The power of God is what saved us, but it says, "By grace are you saved," meaning that the power of God is the grace of God. So it says that the power of God in you is multiplying to another another level altogether. I always use this tomato seller, these tomato sellers as an example. When you go to ma- the market, you normally have about six or seven people selling tomatoes on the same line. Sometimes it can even be 20. But you realize that someone is getting a lot of, a lot of customers come to her. They will say that their tomatoes is nicer. Meanwhile, they bought the tomatoes from the same place. Yeah, we have that. You can have people, banks, banks normally line up on one, le- plenty of banks. But you see everybody going to one particular bank. Yeah, the business, businesses are like that. Why do, why do some people have people purchasing their things and some don't have people purchasing their things? Why? It's either it is the power of God or grace or Agbala. Oh, yes. That one too is there. People come early in the morning and spread things around their tomatoes so that people can come and buy. Yeah. There's only children of God who just go to the market just like that. They just sell, just, they don't know anything. They don't speak in nothing. They're just there. But he says that your giving causes all grace. There are different types. There's grace for everything. In Hebrews chapter, chapter 4, verse 16. Go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let me read that, that to you. He says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Have you seen it? Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, he says, and find grace to help in time of need. You can find grace to help you in your time of need. Grace is the ability of God. So you can find, you, let's say you need grace for, to study, to learn. He says you can take grace to study. Okay? Maybe you need grace to have a, have a beloved. You realize that you've tried that. 
Receive your beloved in Jesus' name. You realize that you've been struggling. You've been looking for a beloved, but you can't find. The one who you realize is like this one there. This is this is my last chance. The lady just bounced you just like that. You need grace. You need grace. You need grace. Yes, you need grace. <laughs> you realize you are going for a contract. You have changed the contract for a very long time. What needs to change is the grace of God in your life. You need more grace. Do you understand? Grace is, grace is the power of God. That's what I'm talking about. It's the power of God. You need grace. I don't start projects without taking grace. I stand in prayer and pray and receive grace. I just receive. Thank you, Father, for grace, for ability. Thank you that my mind is working faster than it works normally. Grace for my mind to work better. For ideas, to receive ideas, to receive strategies as to how to go about the thing. I'm not a contractor, but you'll be surprised when I come and I'm doing things. I'll tell you, Charlie, let's do this, let's do this. We can do say it's not possible. I'll say this one, it'll work. And it'll work. Because I'm functioning under the grace of God. I take grace for different things. Go to Romans chapter 5, verse 17. It says, For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. By Adam's offense, death came. The result of Adam's offense was death reigning and ruling. He says, if Adam, you see, we believe in Adam's sin. We believe in the devil's work in Adam. That's why we call ourselves sinners. Even though God says that we are not sinners and we are the righteousness of God now, we don't believe that one. We believe the fact that Adam nana. Adam nana niyeng. Hallelujah. May the Lord change our minds. He says, for if by one man's offense, death reign by one. How much more they which receive abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness. He said they shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. If you are receiving abundance of grace. Because a lot of Christians don't. Christians cry in prayer. And complain in prayer. But they don't receive grace to do what they are supposed to do. You can cry as much as you want. It won't change. What you need to do is receive grace. How do you receive grace? I receive grace for this thing in Jesus' name. Thank you that the grace of God is working in my life. Thank you that it's working. Thank you that the grace of God is working. As simple as that, you will see that the grace of God, the ability of God is brought on to the fore. The strength something received to do the mighty works it did came from the grace of God. That was the Spirit of God came upon him mightily. You can receive the Spirit of might and have it working in your life so that you don't get tired. You don't get tired. You can do extraordinary things in this world because you are working with the grace of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For if by one man's offense, death will be by one. Much more than which receive abundance of So we must receive abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness, which we have already, he says they shall reign in life by one, Christ Jesus. Abundance of grace. We need grace for everything. But your giving is what causes all the grace of God that you require to work in your life to be handed over to you on a silver platter. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, after you have given, you don't even need to request for grace any longer. Because of what God said in that place. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. He says, God is able to make all... He didn't say some. All. It includes the abundance of grace. God is able to make all grace, every favor, and every earthly blessing. What are the earthly blessings that you, you, you need? How many of you have earthly blessings that you need? Hey, you don't have any. So tell me some. Give me a record of some of the things you. You want contracts. You're a businessman, so you want contracts. Eh? You also want contracts. Houses. Jobs. What? Beloved. Oh, brother. Receive your beloved. 
What do you want? You want things. Money. He says, God is able to make all grace. Because you have given. God is able to make all grace. Every favor and earthly blessing come to you. Not just come to you. He says, come to you in abundance. God is able to make all grace. Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So that you may always, say always, always always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid, to require no aid. See, I've gone beyond the aid, the aid button. No aid. When I come to do something, you have to see 75 of your uncles before you can do it. And you, you act like you like them. Maybe, maybe you know you don't like them. Okay. You want to do something? You have to move around, talk to 75 people. Looking for links. He says you don't. If, through your giving, you move from. Listen. You see, you believe if. Hold on. Hold on. If, if, if a rich man had come right now and was saying that I was going to give you everybody $1 million. You'll be standing up and shouting right now. Even though you have not seen the money. But because you know he's a rich man, you'll be shouting. This is God. God talking, but you don't like it. You don't like it. You don't like it. Like you don't like it. Yeah. When a rich man tells you, I'll give you one million dollars, and you know his capacity, you know it's as good as done. As he's saying it is done, you start rejoicing immediately. Yeah. You don't pray about it. You don't say I receive it. No, you just shout. You are just you are just happy. And you start announcing it because a rich man says that he's going to give you a million dollars. Yeah. This 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 one is the one who created he created the heavens and the earth. The Bible says that the thou, a, a castle of a thousand hills are mine. The silver and the gold are mine. He says, I am able to make all earthly blessings and all the favor that you need. He says, I'm able to make it out. I'm going to make it come into your life in abundance. So that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. Possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation so listen your giving that you have given this year has started fitting you up to get no aid from anybody no support because you have in abundance listen I operate from the realm of abundance. I don't operate. Listen, when, when I'm coming to do something, I don't say, okay, so where, where's the money? No, I don't think in terms of money. I'm telling you. I think in terms of abundance. He says God is able to supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. According to his riches. God, is, God supplies all my needs. So I am supply conscious. I'm not need conscious. Yes, there's a heavenly account that I have. I'm supply conscious. So I am telling you, listen, touch something, do something. Have, hallelujah, listen to me. Have a specific thing that you want to see happening around you this year. Have a spe- so that when it happens, you know it. You understand? Have a specific thing. I want to do this project. Put it down and start talking to it. I've received grace for it. I've given for it. I've supplied for it. Therefore, I receive in abundance and I walk in abundance in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's what you have to do now. I'm showing you what to do. If you don't do it, you'll not get what you're supposed to get. He says, God is able to make all grace. Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always, always, and under 
all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation look at the next verse look at the next verse it's so nice as it is written, he, the benevolent person, scatters abroad. He gives to the poor. His deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. So there's an eternal, there's an eternal implication and an eternal benefit for what you have done. Your giving that you are giving here on earth will be seen there in heaven on that day. Yeah. Look at the next verse. Verse 10. And God. God is showing you what he's going to do, what he's doing in your life. And God, who provides seed for the sower, meaning that next year you will have more to give. You have more to give. Because God is providing seed. He's providing seed for you. And God who provides seed for the sower. Listen, my giving has not reduced as the years have gone by. I remember when I used to give God 500 Ghana cities. I remember when I used to give him 5,000 cities. I remember when I used to give him 10,000 cities. I've gone beyond that. Way beyond that. Because every year he supplies seed for me to sow. He says, God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating. Meaning that he will provide bread for you as well. For you to enjoy. Not just for you to sow, but for you to enjoy. Seeds that you can eat and become fat and become blessed. Yeah. For it will also provide and multiply your resources. He will multiply your resources for sowing. Oh, hallelujah. Say my resources for sowing has been multiplied. Yeah. And increase the fruit of your righteousness. Meaning that, meaning that the results of your righteousness will increase. You will begin to walk in righteousness some more. You will see the fruits of the seed of righteousness which is inside you. You will go along the right line and be doing the right thing. You will not be going in error. Yeah. All, all because of your giving. He says God is able to give, make you whatever, increase your multiply resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness which manifests itself in active goodness and kindness and charity. Meaning that this year you'll be gooder if there's anything like that. You'll be gooder than you were last year. This year you'll be kinder than you were last year. This year you'll be more loving than you were last year. Next verse. All things. All things. All things. All things. Do you believe in the word of a man? God is talking now. He says you'll be enriched in all things. And in every way. In every way. And your generosity. He says, so that you can be generous. Are you listening to me? He says, you, 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 he says, he says, that is, you'll be enriched in all things. Blank check. Listen, the church, the church is marching on. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Therefore, your life is also going forward. I can only get better. Say, I'm getting better and stronger and greater. Thus, you'll be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous. And your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. In other words, as people look at your life, they'll start thanking God. They'll say, ah, ah, ah. When they think about, ah, Pastor Pages, ah, thank God for Pastor Pages' life. They'll see the glory of God working in your life. See, I'm enriched in all things. I 
am enriched in all things. In all things. Give the Lord a shout. Rise up upon your feet and thank God. Just rise up upon your feet and thank God. Thank God for the grace. Administering God, administering all grace to your life. Rise up upon your feet. Rise up upon your feet and thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are thankful. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.